Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Today, Chris Golick defends Kelly McCrimmon. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. You could find us on Twitter, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, and, of course, at Locked On VGK on Twitter and now on YouTube. And, Chris, you stopped short yesterday of calling Kelly McCrimmon the general manager of the year on Twitter. I don't know what was going on there, but it was, uh, I think you were in it for the cloud a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. Once in a while. Uh, so on the feed yesterday, you said that uh, Kelly McCrimmon's track record of poor uh, salary dumps, etc., isn't enough to put him on proverbial thin ice. You went so far as to say he's doing a decent job. The fans responded <laughs> yesterday. And what prompted such an outburst for you? Um, so first of all, folks, you know, I do appreciate all the interactions we had on Twitter yesterday, good, bad, or otherwise, whether you agree or not, but I'll make my argument simple. My quotes in the tweets was measurables to support him not doing a decent job. Now, folks, I get everything. Like I totally get the concerns about the future. I get concerns about the salary dumps. I I get all that. And I'm not going to argue that those are good things, but let's talk about, tell me if this is a good or bad general manager. You architect the best expansion team in the history of modern day sports. Okay. McCrimmon got all the credit from McPhee and everybody for that. That's a good start. Let's go to season number two quickly here. Season two, Arguably a better roster than season one. I get the unsustainability comments and the concerns there, but let's just look at the results. We're up 3-1 against San Jose, right? We're up 3-1 against San Jose. We can't win three closeout games. We can't bounce back from that not-a-major nonsense. Gallant cannot plug the flooding, or last night, the flooding we had around town. What a show that was, anyway. Um, But Gallant could not stop the flooding. Was season two on Gallant or Dort or Kelly McCrimmon? Let's move forward now. Seasons three and four, I'm going to lump together, folks. I'm going to lump them together. Both of them get within three wins of making the Stanley Cup final for the second, for the third and fourth year, respectfully, in our franchise history. Against Dallas, it was, I think we were a slight favorite, maybe a 10 cent favorite. Um, but against Montreal in season four, folks, we were minus 250 to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Against Dallas, if you want to say Dallas was the better team that series, fine. We're not going to argue that. We're not going to put that on McCrimmon necessarily, but whatever. But season four, folks, Pete DeBoer could not lead the Vegas Golden Knights past the the Cinderella story, if you will, of the Montreal Canadiens. Is that on McCrimmon? I don't think anyone's putting that series on McCrimmon, folks. That was on DeBoer. Now, season five, folks, this is where we can go start looking at different measurables. Season five is, I think at the start of the season, the best VGK roster we had as far as a paper roster. And then Eichel comes into the mix. 
there is possibly a path to make the playoffs and have a salary or have a, have um, a salary that's going to over exceed, exceed the overall um, salary cap. That's what I was looking for by seven, eight, nine million dollars. So 500 plus man games lost. Is that an excuse? Fine. Is it a fact? Absolutely. Is that I'm a crimin? Yes, we can certainly make an argument that the season five injuries can be partially on Kelly McCrimmon. It's a veteran roster. It's an aging roster. The more mileage these players get, the more susceptible they are to injuries. That happens. But we were also on the wrong side of variance when it comes to all these injuries. I used to run poker rooms. If you take away my right-hand man, my left-hand man, shout out to Kondos and Mitch Dietz. If you take away my right-hand man, my left-hand man, my second best supervisor and my four best poker dealers, my summer poker series is going to struggle mightily and probably fail. That's what happened with the Vegas Golden Knights in season five, folks. So can you put part of that on Kelly McCrimmon? All day you can put part of season five on McCrimmon. But talking about measurable measurables, season one, Stanley Cup, season two, Gallant, in my opinion, chokes that one away. Seasons three and four, I think coaching is why we don't advance to at least one of those Stanley Cup finals. Why are why is everyone so mad about McCrimmon if you simply just look at the results of the first five seasons is the substance of my argument here. Okay, and I'm going to go a step further here because you're looking back. I'm mm-hmm. looking ahead. Mm-hmm. And currently this team, to me, does not have a Stanley Cup roster. And what about all the communication issues? Uh, again, the firing of Gerard Gallant, I thought it was where a lot of things started to go sideways and where – I started to not trust this franchise because of the way that they handled a lot of these things. Yes, mm-hmm. you do fire people. Yes, you do make trades. The Mark Andre uh, Fleury deal that was awful, and the way that that was handled, whether it was on the VGK or on Alan Walsh or on whomever, uh, <laughs> Pete Pete DeBoer again. Uh, the lack of communication. I think uh, with the Robin Leonard situation, maybe Pete DeBoer wasn't in the mix as much as uh, a lot of us might think. And I think, you know, communication skills are just absolutely lacking and horrible here. And then and then we've got to get into the salary cap issues for crying out loud. I mean, last season, we're playing with uh, 11 forwards. You have guys double shifting late in the season. The LTIR, I think, is an absolute joke. And again, I think that they just clouded everything because I thought a lot of those players might have been able to come back. And they just because of the salary cap issues, they kept them on the LTR. Come on, Chris, wake up. (laughs) It's all fair, Tony. And again, yes, looking at the future, I have the same concerns. I definitely have the same concerns. But can McCrimmon still find a way to put a roster together to support all of these big salary signings that we have. Can that happen? Well, Christopher's coming to uh, jump in the far- and jump in the fray now. Um, can McCrimmon put something like that together to complement, you know, our 30 so million dollars just committed to four or five players. And that's to be determined. That is to be determined. We are going to find out in season six, how that plays out. I'm simply looking at the track record. I'm looking at seasons one through four and saying, folks, why are we so mad right now? Season five, yes, I am in the cloud, if you will, using your terminology, that things could be going down a strange path. I am certainly with you. I am with the fans. I get all that. But as of now, that's not measurable, folks. 
As of right now, we have to play season six and see what happens. Season one, we made the Stanley Cup, folks. We made the Stanley Cup with a roster that is not nearly what the season six roster is. Things can certainly happen. This is where I'm going to take the glass being a a little more than half full and hope that someone like William Carlson just could not succeed under Pete DeBoer's system. He did well with the, he did well with Gallant's even the oh, second yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. He okay. and he, and he, I think he was the reason DeBoer got, that was the final nail in the coffin was when the golden child, uh, the golden child there, uh, you know, William Carlson who can't hit, you know, the broad side of an, he can't hit an open net for nothing. Okay. And then he's the one saying there's a lack of creativity. We're afraid to make mistakes and all this. Oh yeah. Okay. That reflected absolutely directly on Peter DeBoer. And, you know, and then just Kelly McCrimmon and just the mindset and talked about a spoiled franchise. Yes, they're spoiled. But now, if that's the expectation, you have to get there for this fan base, number one. Uh, What were some – and then I also wanted to jump in there. I did see someone at Kelly McCrimmon like one of the posts there on the feed. But what were some of the comments – on Twitter yesterday uh, by this VGK fan base. And I'm one of those folks that felt that back in 2019, when McCrimmon was named as a finalist for the Edmonton GM position, they should have just let him go. (laughs) I get that. And I get the anger. And McCrimmon, you know, a lot of this is brought on himself. He doesn't, like McPhee, you don't see him doing a lot of um, one-on-one interviews or local podcasts. I think he hasn't opened our email yet to come join us. I mean, he might actually want to come join us if he watches this one, right? Or at least he might want to come talk with me. Tony, I might have to sit you out on that one, but we'll see. Um, so a lot of a lot of the comments, first of all, do talk about the future. A lot of the comments talk about the future and the concern. There was also mentions significantly about uh, – about the lack of communication, letting Flurry just walk. I mean, Flurry that Flurry that was a rough one. The roughest thing about Flurry, I get the communication and all that, but watching Chicago turn around and flip him for a third at the deadline—that's the part that really got me. Um, this one got me. Like someone talking about a business standpoint, you know, the fan base being upset and you know they're having to give tickets away now. Like, folks, we're 103 percent occupancy, never have not sold out a game. So we're just going to move on from that one there. Are, are there tickets available though? Cause last year, there's always tickets available. You can, there's, okay. there's tickets available every single year. There's tickets okay. available every single year. And remember, year. you know, on that secondary market, you could get tickets for cheap there of later on in the season. This Absolutely. Yeah. Folks, ever since season one, and this is a, a tip that 95% of you already know. If you want to go to game 12 of the regular season, don't buy your tickets now. Don't buy your tickets tomorrow. Don't buy your tickets October 1st. Wait until the day of game 12 of the regular season. Get yourself a beverage. I guess we're supposed to be a little more PC now. So get yourself a beverage. (laughs) Go enjoy the area in front of T-Mobile. Make sure you have the Access app open or other secondary ones. But Access, obviously, is the official resale for VGK. Wait till 15, 18, 17, 12 minutes before puck drop. And you can get in for face value or even less than face value at times. And that hasn't changed in season one, Tony. I'll tell you right now, folks, I'm a season ticket holder. My tickets are super inexpensive. What I would do season one, a lot of times with, I'd get there late with my father. I would sell my season tickets for more than face value officially on the app the way I'm supposed to. And then I'd have a beverage, a tall beverage that, you know, out of a can. And then I would enjoy that. And then I would see, oh, look, I can take my and improve my seats from section 217 row Q and buy these seats in section 18 row uh, row P for the same price I just sold mine for because they dropped. So, you know, that, that hasn't changed in season one, but it's magnified now because of what's happened. 
Um, I'm, I'm looking for, for a team for specific comments right now as I scroll through this here. The Dodonoff deal came Yeah, do you see at Kelly McCrimmon in there, though? I've I'm, seen uh, a few of those yeah, in there. I've seen a few of those no, in no, there. No, no, no. There's, uh, there's a like in there. Yeah, you liked a lot of what you were saying. I'm thinking that you have a new fan. And yeah, then, I'll take it. You know, so a new coach, new coach, new system. The chances that this team gets off to a slow start, I think, are, you know, it's it's something reasonable. that could happen. It's, it's reasonable. very reasonable. Uh-huh. And, and I know, like, they've. They've kept in contact with Barry Trotz, I'm sure, next GM for the VGK, shiny new old toy. Give him free beer for life, and he's in. Yeah, no, no doubt, folks. And again, I'm looking at the past and saying things have been just fine. Things have been just fine. Benefit of the doubt, I honestly think, has been earned at least for season six for fans just to sit back and relax and see what happens. I get the comments. I get your comment that McCrimmon is on watch and the fact that he might not make it through the season. It's fair, Tony. It is completely fair if this team is slow out of the gate because now you got three strikes, right? You got Mark Andre Fleury. You got the, the, the down off situation, which Ottawa plays a part in that. But at the end of the day, when you own the rights to a player, you need to know every in and out of their contract. And is that McCrimmon's job to know that? No, that's not McCrimmon, but McCrimmon needs to have someone on the on his team that does this. And it's probably a lower level hourly type employee that scours through all this stuff, but someone on the VGK side needs to be in the know there. So yes, that's on us. Even though Ottawa was the one who was supposed to submit whatever to us and we didn't get it, still, that's on us. That's on VGK. You own the rights to the player. You need to get in there and figure that out. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of concerns about the long term, about the long term here. I'm just kind of trying to find a good a good one here. Um you know, in you the know. interim, in the interim, you know, we do have to point to a lot of these trades where VGK got nothing in return. And I think uh they might be the third player in that Brittany Griner deal and send the oh, future considerations and Chipashoff and other oh, KHL God. players back to Russia too. <laughs> Oh, Tony, that <laughs> you build a competitive team with a balance of contracts, young, controllable talent, role-playing vets, stars, upper tier players. McCrimmon has no idea how to keep and develop young talents. This is a jock envy coming in there without a photo on their, on their profile. It's that that's fair. I, that's a fair statement. Like there's a lot of fair statements concerning the future here, folks. And I do have the same concern. The premise of my argument is things have gone well for four years. We had more than our fair share of poor luck and variance in season number five. That's why I'm I'm not throwing season five out by any means. You got to find ways to win these games down the stretch, whether that's coaching, whether that's the GM not doing whatever motivational tactics that need to happen at the end of the season, like all that it's, you know, all that is put into the blender when you are going to evaluate, was it a good season, a bad season, or an otherwise season? And then where do you point? In season five, we're going to point at Pete DeBoer, and he's obviously the one that had to fall on the sword here, no pun intended, Alan Walsh, but Foley had made that choice. I'm sure that was a Foley choice right there. I'm sure Foley had the, you know, the, the whiteboard in front of him, one, two, three, McPhee, DeBoer, McCrimmon, where did we go wrong? I still think Foley is sold on McCrimmon's plan. And I am offering, at least for season six, the benefit of the doubt that things have gone well for four seasons. We had bad luck in season five. Just sit back and see what happens. Folks, in 2017, this team didn't have a name. In 2016, T-Mobile was still, you know, the 100, the, 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 the teens level around what was just starting to be built. 
in 2014, we didn't have a franchise awarded to us. So I get that the passion is there. And Tony, you make an excellent point that the bar has been raised. We now expect a competitive team. And all of a sudden, if we do falter, like at least last season, we were in it until game number, mathematically, I think until game 80, 80 or even 81, and if there was some crazy thing that happened. If we falter out of the gate and all of a sudden December, we're a bottom feeder. You know, can we do like what um, the Blues did in, I think, 1819, where they were in last place in the division and miraculously sneak into the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup? Eh, I think we're stretching a little bit there. But if that's the the spot that we're in, we are a bottom feeder or, you know, sixth in the division. You know, looking up at uh, the Seattle Kraken, I mean, what a kick in the butt that would be if uh, the Kraken uh, had a better season than us, which could happen with their roster. You know, then yes. We're going to point to this podcast on July 29th and say, Golic, what the heck were you thinking? We can't swear anymore. Golic, what the heck were you thinking? This was a terrible podcast. We'll do a flashback episode, and I'll say, yep, I was wrong. But for now, I defend that the first four seasons were fine. Season five, mostly bad luck, but the eyes are open on McCrimmon. I am comfortable saying season six, I think, is going to be just fine. I am going to trust the process for another few months and feel good about it. That's my argument. I do not trust this so-called process of Kelly McCrimmons because when push, uh, pushes come to shove in very crucial games, very crucial games, uh, they're shorthanded. You know, you could just go back to he would have been fired if I were uh, Bill Foley after that Colorado game. A yes, couple of seasons ago, that hurts. You know, that, where you only that hurts. you have fifteen players suited up. That's just ridiculous, and that's stupidity, and that's a lack of knowledge about the salary cap. And again, it it does reflect on the front office. And I mm-hmm. I never really and the thing too that just annoys me a lack of accountability. It's always someone else's fault. It was Galant's fault, and now it's Pete DeBoer's fault, and it's everyone else's fault. But sooner or later, that spotlight, that light from the Luxor Hotel, that beam is going to shine on the forehead and the eyebrows and the eyebrows of Kelly McCrimmon. Okay, that Colorado that Colorado game, it was terrible. What is the measurable outcome of that season? The Montreal Canadiens beat us and carry the Campbell Bowl off the Bell Center ice. That's the end, the end result there, though, in my opinion, of that season is on DeBoer not being able to find a way to beat the Montreal Canadiens, who we should have beat four to one. You know, yes, that game was terrible. 15 forwards was, I was at that game and you just saw it happening. Riley Smith nets nets an early goal that game, from what I recall, gets an early goal and he, you know, you just see VGK getting tired. It was still one nothing to start the third, but VGK got tired. And, you know, the, the player, the 15 skaters that played that game were magnificent. They were magnificent, but. You cannot spot the Colorado. You you can't spot the Arizona Coyotes three roster spots. Let alone the let alone the Colorado. Did I say the Rockies earlier. Let alone the Colorado Avalanche. It's it's coffee. I promise, folks. It's coffee. Okay, uh, coming up next, ooh, that we're going to have some more lively debates about uh, McCrimmon. Um, and you can't play shorthanded, and you can't play you know with a lack of three players on a fourth line and guys double shifting and all that stuff. Agreed. Direct reflection. And I had to get in eyebrows at some uh, juncture. I'm surprised it took until the 18-minute marker. <laughs> the VGK power play, will it really be improved under Bruce Cassidy? And uh, we'll have an argument after this. 
you are listening and watching <laughs> Locked On Golden Knights. Hey, fans, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. And I received my box of goodies this past week. Mine's gone. Gone. Yeah, mine too. They were devoured in a couple of days here. So again, we introduce you to this new flavor, cookie dough chunk puffs, a light chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it. As a bachelor, I can dig that. And cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com, snag yourself a box for you, for your family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place for them to hoard for yourself. What's great is that Built has all of their bars made with collagen protein, which is really good for yourself. Your body absorbs more efficiently, provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com and you could use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off at LOCK. Uh, use the promo code LOCK15. Go to Built.com. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick got a little bit too excited there at the end of my Built.com read. <laughs> That's okay. Chris and I are here now just three times a week for the next few weeks. As uh, everything's supposed to get a little quieter around here in the NHL and in VGK land. And I'll tell you, like we have said before, and we watch podcasts and we listen and read stuff. Some people are making some gigantic reaches. We have content every day because this thing is just rolling right now. We could and, go five days a week if we needed to right we now. We could be fine. go six, seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I started to dig in because I just remembered, uh, Chris, when Bruce Cassidy was hired, Everyone sort of assumed that the VGK power play would take a step forward, would take an immediate step forward. I don't believe that that will be the case, however. When I went back and started doing comparables, you like that word, measurables. And some of the measurables, again, for VGK, we know that they stunk on the power play this season. And so we compared Boston's power unit to the VGK. And this was, I think, the worst season under Bruce Cassidy in his uh, six years there in Boston uh, for the power play unit. And they struggled mightily also in the playoffs. Uh, Boston was at 21.2% on the power play. They were 15th in the league and they struggled in the playoffs. Uh, They had six power play goals. And uh, again, their uh, power play unit in the playoffs, just at uh, 20.7% and VGK not in the playoffs. Uh, VGK, 18.4% power play percentage for 25th. And, you know, we thought that we had some droughts here, uh, rain notwithstanding, here in Las Vegas. We thought that we had some droughts here with the VGK, uh, where they went, I think, what, 0 for 19, 0 for 21. Boston Boston at one juncture this past season, 0 for 40. 0 for 40, I think, in the month of April on the power play unit. And so are things going to be automatically fixed? They kind of glossed over it. We heard Kelly McCrimmon uh, talking about special teams and their importance. And I think that they just assume 
that Cassidy is going to come in and things will be much better. Okay, that would be a quantum leap, though, if the VGK goes from 25th to 15th, because that would win more games here, right? Uh, but I still don't know. I've got huge question marks about the upcoming season and the VGK power play. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, if we're going to try for a glass half full approach in the last five seasons, VGK, their highest power play percentage or highest power play ranking as a team in the regular season was 10. Boston last season in the same five-year period, their worst ranking overall in this past season where they had the 0 for 40 droughts this past season was 15th. So the worst the, the Bruins have ever been under Cassidy in the last five years, 15. The best BGK has ever been under the Gallant slash DeBoer time was 10th. And oddly enough, the season where Gallant and DeBoer split was the best power play that they've had. Boston, though, from 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20, in those three seasons, folks, their power play was ranked 4, 3, and 2 in that order. Uh, the season before the last, they were ranked 10th and then 15th most recently. So they trended the wrong direction, first and foremost, which can be a concern. Um, if we go from 25 to 15, yeah, that's a quantum leap. And I dug up a statistic as maybe 45 days ago, and just to see what the difference was from having the 25, 25th ranked units to get us to a top 10. And it was like eight or nine goals. Like it was such a small margin. Then we talked about the injuries where the power play have been better, but that's a separate argument, obviously. Although last year with a lot less injuries, we were still the 23rd ranked power play unit. And all that talk about DeBoer making the power play uh, a priority, we still, we dropped two more notches, which how's that even possible? Um, You hope that this is going to be a product of a new boss coming in, right? You know, whether it's an NHL coach or if you are a, in a frontline employee at a grocery store or working in a casino, Whenever there is a high level of leadership change, you know, the the new sheriff is in town. Everything is a little bit cleaner. People are a little more on point. People make sure they don't forget to wear their tie on a random Wednesday when they walk into the office and things like that. And and that's really where you hope Cassidy is going to come in and tidy things up. You obviously need everything to gel at the same time, though. We have a new coaching staff. He has an assistant who is not his direct assistant from what I remember. So that's going to take time as well. DeBoer bought his assistant with when he came in, obviously. Uh, Gallant came in with his his uh, right-hand man when he was the coach of EGK. So now we don't, we just, we have a new system. We have a new coach. We have a new assistant coach. We're without Patch Ready and Dodonoff, who at any point could account for 50 goals in the regular season. So there's a lot of things that uh, Bruce Cassidy is going to have to figure out and this is where things are in his favor. I mean, folks, if we have the 15th ranked power play for the 22-23 campaign, it's improvement, right? That should it's be some more. That should, that should be some more wins. So he's got the bar nice and low. Um, but you know, I think I'm sure you can probably find a correlation to Stanley Cup winners and their regular season power play ranking. I think you really need to be top 10 on both sides, PP and PK, to really you know start to put things in the right perspective and, and Vegas Golden uh, penalty kill at least I don't have a stat to support this right now but I feel like we are one of the higher ranked PK teams uh, and also in the shorthanded goal department too um, so hopefully getting to that top 10 on the PK side not that not that much of a struggle by any means and if we can get the top 10 top 12 on the power play you know now we got some right yeah 
And uh, part of that uh, 0 for 40 ish drought, I want to say, I hope it stopped at 40, uh, I think was uh, because Pasternak uh, was out of the lineup. And so uh, VGK's Pasternak will be Jack Eichel, you'd have to assume this season, right? And uh, he's going to be the person, uh, the player that everyone's going to point to on the power play. He's exceptional, I think, uh, with the man advantage, obviously. And uh, they're going to have to get a lot of shots in the slot. They have to have better shot selection, I think, too, uh, on the power play unit. Uh, we go back, you know, uh, to that. I think they ended the Montreal series uh, 0 for 17, the VGK, uh, on the power play. So it has come back to burn uh, this franchise. It's a very crucial area. And, yes, Kelly McCrimmon's stressing uh, the importance of special teams. Uh, no doubt that's going to be very important for this franchise moving forward. And then um, saw a statistic somewhere. I think that uh, the VGK was led by Alex Petrangelo on the shots on the power play unit at like 75 shots on goal, uh, which is pretty interesting when you have a defenseman uh, leading the charge. A lot of that's going to change, you believe, this upcoming season? I mean, I don't mind the defenseman leading the charge, right? That's a little more of an old old school type thing. Um, You know, you're going to try and get it through, try to get a bounce, try and get a rebound. And that was the first thing I noticed when we did sign Petrangelo was just, he just, all he does is shoot on the power play. He gets the puck, he shoots, he shoots, he shoots, he shoots. And, you know, when when you have a power play that's struggled, right? You know, the whole crowd at T-Mobile is always yelling, shoot, you know, when they see four or five passes around the perimeter and they start pushing. And then now someone like Petrangelo comes in, all he does is shoots, and we're talking about shot selection. So this is, uh, no one's right or wrong in this argument besides the fact that we need to get more goals. That's the only thing that matters. And yes, shot selection does play a key. Should Petrangelo shoot every time he has the puck on his stick and feels he has a lane? Maybe. But should there be an extra level of creativity where, the entire defense is expecting that shot and you make, you know, you make two passes, one of which goes across the slot and hopefully you get a, either a tip play or, you know, a, you know, a backdoor or something like that. Sure. You need all of those things to gel. Um, and that's the thing, like when, when your power play struggles, this is when you talk about it. Right. And you're not just doing here. We are, you know, couple amateurs trying to you know give advice about how we feel vgk is going to score more power play goals but i'm sure the same discussions do happen whether it's i mean what what does cassidy feel like when you're in an 0 for 40 or an 0 for 40 plus drought like what does that pressure feel like uh what does it feel like to be pete DeBoer who struggled mightily i mean the regular season fine whatever but when you struggle in the playoffs if you're fortunate enough to make the playoffs with a struggling uh, power play what does that feel like when you're in practice? What does that feel like when you're in the office? What does that feel like when you are talking with the assistants? Like, how do you fix something like that? And this is why they get paid seven million, seven figures to figure these sorts of things out. But pressure is pressure, whether, uh, you know, you're a couple of regulars like us or whether you are, you know, a seven figure paid athlete, paid coach and, I'm just kind of curious to be a fly in the wall of those types of uh, discussions. And if I can, you know, get, get inside their head for 30 seconds, just to see what they're thinking, that would be a, uh, that'd be interesting. And it's all going to start. I, I have to believe with putting more men in front of the net on the power play. And I think we'll see a lot better execution 
in that manner and better shot selection too. Again, it's got to come from inside the slot and VGK has to attack on the power play. Uh, Coming up next, we'll have a look at VGK and Silver Knight signings this past week at Al. More after this right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, and thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And now Chris has done a tremendous job in getting the show up on YouTube. And I know those numbers are just flying there. And you might want to take some of your Twitter approach in trying to get clout. Just a little advice here. Get some clout <laughs> for the YouTube channel for us. Hey, we've got some uh, we've got some signings this past week uh, as we wrap up this week. Uh, VGK this past week signing defenseman um, Braden Pahal. I have got to get that right. You got it. Pahal. You're good. Okay. Am I good on that yep. pronunciation? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't spell that way. A one-year contract of $750,000. Uh, the captain of your Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> I know you are our season ticket holder oh, yeah. uh, with that team, too. Uh, two games up with the VGK uh, last season. And then uh, a couple of other signings. Um, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights signing uh, Jermaine Lowen. Um, 97 AHL games played with Chicago and Las Vegas. Uh, 17 total points. 201 penalty minutes. <laughs> They're going to groom him for the goon role on the next level, perhaps. And uh, another defenseman they signed this past week, Darian Skiaj from the ECHL uh, franchises of the Allen Americans and the Indy Fuel, 6'5", 225. And he had 177 penalty minutes in his <laughs> three years in the ECHL. Are they going to dirty things up there? Uh, with the Silver Knights this upcoming season? You know, I think right, right about now they're probably uh, what they do. They they took a knife to the Charlestown uh, Chiefs uh, bus, you know, and carved in a bunch of things to make them look meaner. Maybe uh, that's what we're going to have. Maybe Dollar Loan Center is going to look a little bit different next year. But um, the one I'm going to focus on is Jermaine Lowen. I've enjoyed watching Jermaine Lowen's game improve over the last two seasons. I felt HSK season one, he was slow. Um, a very big body, a very tough person. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be on the receiving end of one of his hits because once he starts and gets into you, he's going to put you into the first row with Alec Martinez who's going to be eating nachos. Um, but I really felt his game increased a lot from uh, season one to season two. I felt his hands got a lot better. I felt his speed improved and his overall game just got better. Um, still on a, a you know back-to-back AHL contract. So he's probably got a ways to go if he has NHL aspirations, especially to get into a role that is not as predominant as it certainly was in the 80s and 90s, even into the early 2000s. So he's got some work to do. I would certainly love to see him maybe get that opportunity one day. But he's definitely a fan favorite down there. Obviously, everyone loves watching the big hits in the corners and all the activity. And he'll be one of the first people to drop the, the gloves in defense of his teammates. But again, he does have good hands around the net. He gets himself in plus situations. You mentioned we need more traffic in front of the net for the power play. I mean, if, if we're going to Jermaine Lowen for the, for power play help for VGK, you know, I don't think things are necessarily going as planned. Although the Blackhawks tried that with Dustin Bufflin for a while, you know, that was a, re- a real weird situation, but yeah, another story for another time, but yeah, uh, AHL, uh, Henderson Silver Knights, we're going to have some fun. It seems like with a, a couple of big boys down there who are going to, 
definitely defend their teammates and get the crowd on their feet and, you know, get the kids going nuts. Uh, they can, uh, they can fight once uh, the peewee games start. <laughs> so could, could this be a, an omen, a sign of things to come though, if they're starting to get beefier with HSK and then Why not? hopefully for VGK, they could groom these players to come up even uh, at a moment's notice, right? To, to just cross Why down. Not? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. To um, play more physical. They need more. Uh, the identity of this team is going to be a big question coming into this season. And what we will have that, to have an identity. that identity be? <laughs> exactly. I don't care what the identity is, whether it's a skill, fast game, or if we're hitting everything that moves. It doesn't matter, but there needs to be a defined identity within the first seven, eight, nine games. Like something we can point to and say, this is what you can expect. We didn't have that last year. Define last year's identity. Identity less is the answer. That's the that, that's last year's identity. Okay, right there. Oh yes, our new mascot for the Ghost Pirates. <laughs> so the Ghost Pirates unveiling a new mascot, Savannah Ghost Pirates of the ECHL. Again, uh, they uh, are part of the fam. I hate that word, fam. They're part of the family for VGK. Part of the family tree. Okay. Yay or nay on the new mascot for the Ghost Pirates? Oh, yay! Let's go. Well, I mean, what's it's a mascot. Let's not overthink this. It's a mascot. It's going to be great. Have you bought? Great. Have you bought any merchandise yet? I'll, I'll if they. I'll buy something. I, I will buy something. I have to search to find it, but uh, gotta show some love, right? I'll, I'll rock that at some at some AHL games and maybe an AHL game. Confuse people. Although I did in season one, uh, my wife got me a Chicago Wolves jersey with my name on it. You know, I'm obviously from the area. Was a huge Wolves fan growing up. And I wore the Wolves jersey a couple times to the NHL games. Like no, no one like could connect the dots, but I think that was just because we were a new hockey city at the time. Chris, Although uh, Man- Manny Lagasse, though, when he was uh, going on back with the Wolves, he saw me in the front row during warmups actually, and he gave me a thumbs up for it. So you know, there we go. Okay, did you ever get any pucks or sticks in any of these games? Always. Uh, my kids have done very well. My kids have done very well with pucks. Very well with pucks. Um, sticks, my kids, I think we're up to three sticks now as well. Uh, all AHL, all AHL sticks. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. We have the unofficial last puck from season number one, when they finished at T-Mobile, uh, the playoff game, when they lost the fake playoff game, uh, the rep, we were sitting right where the referees come in and out and my kids went over to the side. They picked up the puck off the ice, gave it to my kids. So we have the unofficial last puck of season one, HSK. Great work today. And as always, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.